All right, everybody, it is time for another episode of the Crypto 101 podcast. But before we dive in to our awesome, awesome guest and conversation today, I want to remind you guys of two things. And the first one is that if you go to Crypto101insider.com, you can join our private community. Here's where we have our model portfolio and all of our top picks. We also have uh, Crypto 101 University. Uh, where we have hours and hours and hours of written and video content that explains blockchain and explains cryptocurrency in a very bite-sized and easy-to-understand way. Uh, And we have a weekly newsletter that goes out and quarterly state of crypto addresses that go out. There is just a ton of value packed into this every which way. So I want you guys first uh, to go to Crypto101Insider.com today uh, if you haven't already. I also want to remind you guys that Pizza Mind and I recently just finished a book. Uh, It took 11 months of our lives to write, and we're calling it Crypto Revolution, Your Guide to the Future of Money. We walk you through this fascinating world of cryptocurrencies and blockchain, and it's part history book, it's part instructional guide, and it's going to really show you guys why cryptocurrencies are globally disruptive and how they're going to actually change in real life and in real terms the way that we buy and sell and even live. We include a bunch of how-tos on getting started with your first exchanges. Uh, We give you tips on how to safely buy and sell and store cryptocurrencies, as well as how do we evaluate potentially good cryptocurrencies. And the best part of the book is that we're giving it away for free. All you have to do is pay for shipping and handling. So go to CryptoRevolution.com and pick up your copy today. All right, everybody, all you good, wonderful citizens of Crypt Nation, we are back, the Crypto 101 podcast, with yet another fantastic guest, if I do say so. Uh, we are joined, Mr. Aaron Pizzamine Malone, by Kevin Ty, who is with Linear Finance. Kevin, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Nice to be on the show today. Yeah, so look... Uh, Actually, before I jump in, Pete, how you feeling over there, buddy? I didn't even let you get a word in. Uh, that's okay. Sometimes that's for the best. Uh, <laughs> our ratings manager has definitely said more content, less pizza mind conspiracy theory. Uh, accuracy, regardless. So we want to talk about more DeFi stuff today. And I'm excited to learn about people who are building the future of finance, the solutions rather than the problems. Let's be solutions oriented here on this show going forward. That's my New Year's resolution here as we're recording in October uh, or solutions focus. So Kevin, give us the high level overview of what you guys are building over there at Linear Finance. Yeah, so so essentially Linear is a, um, a decentralized uh, synthetic asset exchange. Um, so users can come on to uh, linears, uh, adapts, um, essentially stake uh, their linear tokens, their Lina tokens, and uh, and build um, uh, their our stablecoin, which is LUSD, and then subsequently use that to trade on our exchange. Basically, we have synthetic. We have about 19 pairs right now, a uh, number of crypto pairs, and a few indices. Um, and we're crypto indices, and we're looking to go ahead and expand that out. Uh, we've also started our perpetual our perpetual series where users can essentially go ahead and short um, BTC and ETH. And we'll also be building out additional pairs on uh, for that. And we do this all on BSC. So users actually get um, 
uh, essentially get to do their transactions quite quickly, um, as well as uh, reduced uh, transaction costs. And so um, I think obviously we are, are continuing to see the build out of DeFi on the ESC ecosystem. Um, it was quite hot for a while. And as additional people come on, we're looking to kind of expand out our ecosystem, right? So we're looking for people to accept our linear tokens as well as our LUSD, all right? now. With Linear, we're, we're cross-chain. So originally we were, you know, we're an ERC-20 token um, and we have a bridge. So people can bridge themselves from ETH to, uh, to BSC and then back to ETH uh, to access the ETH ecosystem. So uh, we, have, we have quite a lot of um, Greenfield ahead of us to go ahead and as we continue to expand. Awesome. So this is Crypto 101 uh, and Linear Finance is maybe 301 or 401. So I want to I want to bring us all of our viewers and listeners just up to speed real quick. This might be the first time they've been listening to a DeFi focused podcast. Can you give us the 101? What is decentralized finance? And Kevin, why of all the industries that you could have been working in and building fantastic technology? Why did you choose this one? Um, yeah, so essentially decentralized finance means that uh, what we've done, well, what people are building out is replicating the financial system onto the blockchain so that once you go ahead and you put the, you build these dApps, it's basically uh, uh, it's permissionless and it's a censorship resistant. So you can go ahead and basically do transactions uh, with just simply your wallet address. And it's kind of like having, uh, it's kind of like, the way I would kind of think about it is like you're putting your, the banks um, onto the onto basically onto the blockchain, um, and you're taking out a lot of the middlemen who are in there that that go ahead and skim fees. Um, so if you look at people like Compound, Aave, Cream, um, they were essentially the first ones that are really the kind of the, the main building blocks of decentralized finance. It's basically banks, right? Uh, simple borrowing and lending assets. Uh, on chain, doing it. Anybody, any person around the globe can go ahead and do it as long as they have a wallet and they have internet access. And your transactions are all done on ETH, and everything is verifiable. Um, and so there's a lot. There's a lot of transparency. Um, and I think that's that's kind of what's what is popular now um, with 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 people these days is that they're getting tired of, I would say, dealing with big banks. Right. Banks are the way I will think about it is. And if you talk, if you talk to the guys at Celsius, they'll tell you, you know, banks are not your friends at the end of the day. You know, you go ahead and you lend money out to the you, you, put, you deposit your money into the banks. They take your money and they put it into God for sakes, whatever types of risky investments. And they give you a small amount of yield. And that just doesn't fit with the risk return profiles. But with DeFi, it's different. Um, everything is transparent. You know kind of where your money is going. Um, and you know where it's being lent out, and uh, you actually can generate quite an amount of yield. Now, I mean, DeFi has been around for, I would say, the last kind of two or three years. Over the last year, it's kind of really, really kind of blown up. Um, and more and more people are coming online as they're looking for, as they're becoming more and more yield hungry and getting more accustomed to, to, to interacting uh, with, uh, the, with the protocols. And the TBL has obviously exploded. Um, I think I, I think the last time it was like 10 billion or something on on DeFi. that's total value locked inside these platforms. That's right. That's right. Um, and that's 
that's uh, just for Ethereum. And you're not talking about all the other chains like BSC or uh, Polygon, as well as uh, Binance Smart Chain. So we have a lot of we have a lot of things to go through and a lot of building blocks and challenges going forward. Uh, more and more advanced products, things like derivatives. You know, as obviously you'll see with things like linear and obviously the regulatory challenges are going forward. But uh, DeFi is obviously here to stay. Um, and so there's there's going to be it's, it's going to be quite exciting and, and it's a good time to get involved now. Yeah. Now, something you mentioned a little while ago was synthetic assets. Our listeners have probably heard of digital assets before and they're learning uh, the differences between one and the other. All digital assets are not alike. There's cryptocurrencies. There's utility tokens, security tokens, and then you brought up another, I mean, there's even more than that, but the one thing you mentioned is a synthetic asset. What exactly is a synthetic asset? And are the ones on linear cross-platform that could be minted elsewhere or only natively minted tokens on linear work? How does how does your platform work with synthetic assets? And what yeah, so, yeah, so, so synthetic asset is basically um, an asset that tracks uh, the price of, of an underlying, uh, another asset, right? So if we have synthetic BTC, or synthetic Bitcoin or synthetic Ethereum, the synthetic uh, uh, version basically tracks the price of Bitcoin or Ethereum. It's not actually Bitcoin or Ethereum, right? Um, but it is. It can live on another chain that might move faster or cheaper or be more interoperable or whatever, right? Fair enough. Fair enough. And and it, these these all run into basically same gamut as what we consider to be derivatives. For linear, uh, our uh, our synthetic assets are minted on our protocol, but they can be moved around the DeFi ecosystem and part of become part of kind of the DeFi Legos and building blocks. So you can take our liquid BTC and move it around to Uniswap and to, um, to any other parts of BSC as well as the Ethereum chain into other dApps as long as they accept them. So, and, and you'll see that, you know, it, it's not just us, obviously a lot of other protocols are also building out these kind of synthetic assets. Um, Cause it's quite, uh, it, it's quite, I wouldn't say it's quite, it's super easy, but uh, you know, we, we, as long as we have, reliable price feeds from Oracle, so we can go ahead and build these out. So tell us a little bit more uh, about the impact that you think decentralized synthetic trading will have on traditional markets, almost as more of the real world assets become mirrored on, on the blockchain. I, I would think, okay, well, I, you know, the derivatives market is so huge um, and it continues to grow, uh, particularly on within DeFi. So I, I would think that um, you would have more effect of what shows up in the traditional markets will affect kind of what shows up onto the, onto the DeFi space. Because, you know, obviously the ability to go ahead and mirror uh, financial assets, whether it is stocks or anything else that's traded on, on the other exchanges and putting it into DeFi is quite powerful because... You know, a lot of times um, certain people around the world are not allowed to trade, you know, U.S. stocks or, or certain, certain financial securities. Um, and so they're looking for ways to gain basically exposure to S&P 500 or to, uh, to Tesla as what we've kind of seen that are very popular in the space. But DeFi allows them to do that. 
Um, and the synthetic derivatives allow them to go ahead and do that. Now, it's not 100% the same because sometimes these stocks spit out dividends. And as a derivative holder of, if you hold Tesla, you, you're not going to be able to get these dividends, but you will certainly be able to take price action. So it opens the realm up for the ability to, for users to go ahead and gain exposures to what they typically don't have. Now, when we call these mirrored assets, is this mirror why? Or if there's a bunch of offshore interest in a synthetic Tesla stock and there's tremendous amount of buying interest, will that boost Tesla stock up in the other direction? Or is it only one way from Tesla's actual stock price coming into effect the peg token? In other words, can the tail wag the dog? Yeah. Um, I mean, certainly, um, well, there is no, there is no, you know, because obviously we're creating these synthetic stocks, synthetic uh, assets, they don't affect the supply and demand of, of the real Tesla, okay? But obviously, you know, it, it, that doesn't always have to occur in order to affect the price, right? So if there is, if there is a substantial amount of demand for Tesla, you know, maybe it gets picked up in the news and then, and then people in the real finance world actually go ahead and buy Tesla shares, right? So we don't know, essentially, it's not a perfect one-for-one -one correlation on how, what affects what, right? But you do know that, you, but obviously with, we do know that with the mirrored, with the mirrored stocks on us, that it doesn't actually affect supply and demand. I just wanted to make sure that our listeners understood that because when we hear mirror, we might think it works in two directions, but not the case yet anyway here in crypto. Once you realize what's happened in the last week, the only thing you can say is holy flipping smokes. Inflation just hit a 30-year high. Disney has entered the race to the metaverse. I mean, Elon Musk is selling his Tesla stock because Twitter told him to? I mean, quality chaos does keep things interesting, but when it comes to your financial well-being, less chaos is better, right? Uh, you don't always need to take big risks to get big rewards. In fact, there's a dependable asset class that billionaires have used to grow their wealth for centuries. Its total value might explode by over a trillion dollars in less than five years and it beat the S&P 500 by threefold between 1995 and 2020, with nearly zero correlation to public equities. And this may shock you, but this asset class is contemporary art. New York City's newest. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. $1 billion fintech unicorn is called Masterworks.io, and they've revolutionized the lucrative art market by making multi-million dollar paintings investable like a company's stock. With already over uh, $250 million in assets under management, Masterworks is off to the races. So guess what, guys? You can skip their wait list, and you can get access today by going to Masterworks.io slash crypto 101 
Again, that's masterworks.io slash crypto 101. And guys, also please see the show notes for important disclosures and disclaimers. And you can also see those important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. All right, now on to the show. And could you real quick tell people how that they can mint sort of uh, mirrored stocks on linear finance? Yeah, so so essentially what we do is that every time users stake linear and they can mint LUSD, which is our stable coin, there's a certain over collateralization ratio um, that they basically uh, can mint in terms of the amount of LUSD, okay? And essentially once you stake, you serve as a counterparty uh, to all the trades on the exchange. Uh, so you, so it, it is a bit, it is a bit complex and users essentially get uh, LUSD and they have debt levels. And it's something that, you know, it'll take, you know, it takes a, a, quite a bit of time to go ahead and understand, but with, with the fact that we have users that are staking and serving as a counterparty, we can then go ahead and mint um, essentially whatever we want to go ahead and mint as long as we have Oracle pricing. Right. So uh, if, if your users are interested, I would strongly suggest you go on to obviously our discord um, and read some of our, our medium articles and kind of get into the technical details of how um, how the protocol actually works. Yeah. And that's a really good point, because synthetic assets, while they are extremely powerful, are typically, I would probably say, traded by more sophisticated traders or investors. So does linear work to cater to the investors with more experience in the synthetic sector? Or it, would you say the goal of linear is to demystify these assets and bring these tools to a wider audience? Um, we would love to go, we would love, you know, we, we'd love to bring a more wider audience into, into the protocol. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, there, there does need to be a level of sophistication and understanding and some education that goes into this. So it's not a simple like yield farm where you just drop and click and you get some yield. At the end of the day, there's certain things you have to understand about collateralization ratios, debt levels, you know, APYs. Um, so it does take a, a bit of understanding for, from, for, for the traders and the stakers. All right. Well, we definitely want to learn more about that on a, at a deep level, uh, but we'll have to do that another time. We don't have too many developers on Binance Smart Chain on the show, so I want to pick your brain about that for a moment. What are the pros and cons of developing on Binance Smart Chain versus Ethereum or you know, a Tezos or Cardano? Like, Why did you guys choose BSC as your home chain? Yeah, you know, I, I think obviously before, before when, we, when we first started the development, that was kind of when DeFi was really kind of exploding. And to this day, I think uh, you guys all know if you've used a lot of the DeFi protocols on Ethereum, that the transaction fees are substantial, um, particularly for, for protocols where the smart contracts are complex um, and they're quite intermingled, and the, which means the gas, gas limits are high. It means that each transaction touch point is quite a lot. So it's worse say, than banks. Yeah, yeah, worse than banks. That's true. So if you're going to go ahead and use it and you don't have, you're not a whale, right? If, you, if you're not a whale and you're just a guy with a few hundred, you know, you can easily see yourselves eating, eating into that with, your, with the transaction fees on ETH. Um, and so that's kind of why we chose BSC. Uh, BSC was EVM compatible. 
you know, it's the, the transaction speeds are quite fast. The TPS is quite fast and the, and the, and the fees are low. And so at that point in time, this chain BSC was kind of afforded to us and we were quite lucky to go ahead and get ourselves implemented on there. Now, I mean, hey, uh, I'll, I'll say it, you know, ETH is, ETH is kind of the, the King Kong gorilla of smart contracts, right? So the ecosystem on there is, is huge and it's established. But, uh, you know, we feel that with BSC, it's growing um, and people love the fact that the transaction fees are low and they can still go ahead and get and mint and stake and, and, and do uh, all the transactions on our, our protocol with substantially less fees. I think if we did a comparison, the fees, our, our fees are probably, you know, 60, 70 percent lower than, than if we were to be on ETH. That's great. Well, yeah. wonderful decision to do all that. Uh, and another wonderful decision you made is you recently launched the Linear DAO to give up full control of this protocol you built to send your child off to school for the first time and have it now raised by the society around it. Tell us a little bit more about Linear DAO. Why did you feel this was the right move for your company? And how does your role in the DAO change going forward? Yeah, so obviously when we go when we first started uh, building out um, linear, the idea was that ultimately this would be a community-based uh, kind of protocol. Um, and so the ultimate decision to, to to start the DAO that was something that we've planned for quite some time. And I would say it's kind of like it's kind of like sending your children to school, but yet you still kind of oversee and, and look at it um, and watch over it. You know, we still have quite a lot of number of implementations that we're doing. We're going to get ourselves onto Moon, on, onto um, a Moonbeam um, and Moon River, so that we can we can take advantage of the Polkadot ecosystem um, and the Kusama network. So that's still something that's in progress that we have to work on. But there's a lot of the other things that we are okay to pass on to the community. Things like um, certain metrics collateralization ratios, what gets listed on the exchange, uh, what else they want to see next and how the UI UX needs to be changed or a lot of these that we're, we're okay to kind of give up control and, and let the community kind of go ahead and vote and decide what they want to do going forward. And my role on this, obviously, I'm always going to be here to, go, to, to, to provide some guidance um, and to kind of lead a, a bit on it because I think obviously, you know, there, there's, there still needs to be a certain amount of direction. Um, and it's a work in progress, you know, once, you know, we, we, you know, the amount of control we actually give up depends on, you know, how, obviously how involved the community gets and um, how they like to go ahead and push this along. So it's not something that's a completely set in stone. It's still a work in progress, but the, the overall structure of the DAO is there and we're pushing towards that. Fantastic. Um, one of the things I'm I'm starting to see is that the layer two space is becoming you know a little fragmented, right? You have some of the zk rollups, you have Arbitrum, you know, Matic, optimistic rollups on the Optimism network. How do you think about developing for all of these disparate ecosystems, essentially? And uh, what do you kind of think the future of L2 trading is? Well, obviously, L2 was quite popular for some time, as it's supposed to. Is that supposed to relieve kind of the log jams on Ethereum um, and reduce substantially reduce the fees? But the solutions are not exactly perfect, right? Because there's issues about finality. Um, you know, a lot of you know people can transfer tokens over to L2, and they have issues getting it back to L1. And so these, this is still a work. This is still a work in progress. 
I, I think ultimately, you know, protocols pick and choose kind of which L2s they want to be on, okay, or which side chains they want to build on. And they ultimately have to think about, okay, what part of the DeFi ecosystem, how integrated are they going to be in DeFi in, in the ecosystems if everybody is on different L2s, right? So what we're going to end up with is a lot of people are on different side chains on Polygon or some people are on Arbitrum, some are on Optimism, some on ZK Rollup. So yeah, I mean, that, that that's okay as long as you have big ecosystems for each of those. But if not, then we need to figure out how to build pipes between the L2s, right? So that each protocols can, all the protocols can talk. Otherwise, we're just in a disparate system and it doesn't really get us anywhere. But those, you know, I think people are working on those, um, and so uh, I really hope that uh, that we can we 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 can go. Everybody can work together to build out the ecosystems and also solve the issues on ETH. I would love to have a big ETH ecosystem too, and something for even for Linear to go ahead and get involved in. Yeah, it's still kind of like the early days of the internet for all the blockchains to be able to talk to each other. Uh, eventually, the internet got data standards, and everyone you decided we're going to use this protocol and. Uh, the rest was built out. The rest is history. Now you don't even know you're using it. So uh, crypto will get there someday. It's probably going to take quite a, a bit of time because we're still so early. But can, can you give us some words of wisdom for the first time user of DeFi who's trying to get into this space? Makes sense to try linear finance because Binance Smart Chain is so cheap to transact on. But what are some other words of warning or words of guidance that you'd like to give people so they're aware of these things that they need to pay attention to? I think, I think for, for the new users um, of DeFi, uh, I, I think a lot of it is do a lot of research. You know, go onto the internet and, and or sorry, go onto YouTube and watch a lot of the, the, the videos on how DeFi works or how certain tech, tech works, like how smart contracts work, right? How the L2s work, you know, look at Finematics, um, and they have a lot of these, these how-to videos, okay? That's the first step. And then the second step is go ahead and try a number of different protocols on different blockchains. And you can kind of, you'll be able to quickly see kind of where the pain points are. And you'll probably get the same yields on, on a majority of them, but kind of how, how the different chains function and how they interact with each other. Um, and don't get, don't get saddened if, you know, Put a bit of money. You can you can go ahead, not financialize, but you know, put a bit of money in and, and, and test out the test out different protocols and see. And while sometimes you're going to lose some money, you'll you'll probably send assets to wrong addresses, and you do you know that's just the way how crypto is, right? It's not, you know, it's not the most hundred percent user friendly um, environment, um, but uh, you know, if you keep using it, you'll eventually get used to it and figure it out. Um, and for us. For us that are building, we try to make it more UI UX friendly, but uh, but it's not 100% there. So uh, you know, just be cautious and be mindful of that, right? And keep an open mind, right? Yeah. I think you'll be you'll be amazed by how much money you can actually generate in certain state in certain yield farms, um, uh, and and see how kind of see how kind of people do it and, and keep abreast of the situations on crypto Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Crypto Twitter, there, there's so much alpha. You know, if you guys aren't on Twitter, you can follow me at Bryce Paul 101. Pizza Mind is just at Pizza Mind. I think, uh, Kevin, wh what's your Twitter? And then also, 
this is kind of a, a random question, but who is like your favorite person to follow? If you could give one shout out to like one Twitter influencer, you could you know use this time to, to shout them out. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think I, I see a lot of, a lot of um, people go ahead and try to kind of push the block, push um, the, I was in crypto forward. Um, and I really like following SBF, you know, the, the CEO and founder of, of FTX. Um, I feel like he actually, he's, he's, he's one of the, the more forward thinking guys in terms of pushing crypto into, into retail. Um, as the real deal, as a real deal, and and more so into people that are not a hundred percent already crypto users, right? So he's trying to make FTX a kind of a household name and crypto something that anybody can get into, um, and he's doing it. He's pretty. He's pretty. Uh, I mean, he's he's getting all over the place, right? Um, and he's going to handle all the regulatory issues. So I really admire him for actually stepping forward and doing that. You know, because a lot of us are, you know, kind of held up in our holes and we're trying to build all these protocols, but he's really changing the industry forward. Yeah, every every industry really needs a kind of a champion, somebody that's going to go head on, uh, you know, SBF, Sam Bankman-Fried's the same guy who, uh, you know, bought the naming rights or, or rented the naming rights to the F- FTX Miami Heat Arena now. Um, and he's got the umpire uh, on, on the MLB umpire jersey sponsorship. So keep doing what you're doing sam if you're out there listening uh we love you and kevin thank you so much for your time today uh bringing you on to the crypto 101 podcast uh we hope to bring you back on again soon as more rollouts and upgrades come along with the linear finance network yeah thank you guys very much for your time it's a pleasure speaking with you and look forward to talking with you guys again ciao ciao thank you When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.